hey, what's going on? Nick Kirby here. Welcome to Chatterbox Reds, proudly sponsored by DSC Commodities. Chatterbox Reds and Chatterbox Sports is your home for Cincinnati Reds content all off-season long. Coming up in just a minute, myself and Trace Fowler, we did a live show on YouTube on Tuesday night, giving you all the latest news and notes from the Reds this offseason. We will be doing live shows just about every week on YouTube and podcasts for the rest of the offseason, and then we'll also have some additional content. We'll do some emergency shows as news breaks, hopefully some here in the upcoming weeks with the winter meetings, exclusive interviews, and more. So make sure you subscribe to Chatterbox Reds, wherever you're listening to this podcast, and Chatterbox Sports over on YouTube. We also have some big news regarding Reds Fest. Justin Kenner of ESPN Radio in Dayton has invited me to co-host their live show from Reds Fest on Saturday, December 2nd from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. We will be interviewing some Reds players and personnel so if you're at Reds Fest, you should be able to watch that in person. Uh, we're also going to try to record some of those interviews and get those up later on our YouTube channel and then, of course, also in podcast form. I'm planning on being at Reds Fest all day on that Saturday, so I would love to say hi if you are going to be there. Uh, before we get into my conversation with Trace Fowler, I wanted to tell you about our proud sponsor, Deep South Commodities. DSC is a leader in renewable commodities for biofuel production, specializing in used cooking oil, collection, aggregation, and sales. Visit www.deepsouthcommodities.com for more information. Thanks, as always, to our friends and our proud sponsor of Chatterbox Reds, DSC. All right, without further ado, here is myself and Trace Fowler on Chatterbox Reds Live on YouTube. We have some topics today, Nick. We have some topics. There's not been a whole lot. Uh, there's not been a whole lot of hot stove type stuff here for the Cincinnati Redlegs as of yet. You know, uh, as they always say, the best comes to those who wait. Patience is a virtue. All of those fancy sayings that people make up just to make you feel better about yourself when things aren't going your way. But Nick Sinzel, can I make a joke about the the, the tribute video or not? I, hey, listen, I, I seen I seen kind of like the little funny little spat and back and forth, just the fun little off season talk between people. I listen, Nick Senzel, congratulations. He had a hell of a send off, and um, you know, for all intents and purposes, I thought he deserved it. You, you know, we're really in the uh, the cold stove portion of the uh, season when people are. Uh, having passionate disagreements of did Nixon Zell get too much of a tribute video or not. That's yeah. where we're at. Yeah, there's, there's one thing that I knew for a fact when I watched that video uh, is that that social team or the video department, whatever their, whatever their official name is, they have what we call folders that they put all of these things in uh, because I have never seen someone be able to quickly turn around a video like that uh, so fast and have all these really cool clips and all these random shots of my man, Nick Senzel. And it just made me think, you know, uh, what does Jose Barreros look like? I'd like to see his folder. I mean, it's probably just that home run at Fenway park. Uh, maybe like <laughs> 50, maybe like 15 different angles of it. Um, and that's, hey, that's a big time. Homer. You go. It, it was a huge Homer. It was a big time Homer. Listen, I uh, shout out uh, Brera, by the way. I think he's going to be the, the biggest bounce back player for the Cincinnati Reds uh, going into next season. All right, Nick Senzel. Uh, we'll spend a little bit of time on him before we move into maybe a little more meatier topics, uh, if that's the right word to say. 
But uh, they officially said goodbye to him and a few others, Nick. Yeah, Derek Law and, and Reaver San Martin. Law, not, not crazy surprising. Law was, of course, non-tendered last year, so always a possibility he could find his way back. Uh, pitched really well for the Reds this year. you got to give the guy a lot of credit. Uh, not a whole lot of expectations. And then Reaver San Martin, he's hurt. Um, both guys I'd love to keep in the organization. Both guys that there's probably a possibility they keep in the organization. Uh, Nixon Zell, uh, <laughs> assuming that he is for sure gone with uh, uh, the send-off uh, that he got. Yeah, no, he is. And I, I, like I've said before, I think it's fair to Nick to give him another chance at a different place. And it it wouldn't uh, would it shock me a little bit maybe, but it wouldn't it wouldn't uh, it wouldn't be a huge huge surprise if he had a little bit of success. I mean, he's already proven that he can hit left-handers relatively well, and if he can figure out a way to kind of shore up his splits uh, against right-handed pitching, then then there's something that's serviceable there. If you don't have very good depth in the infield, right? And that's just that's the issue. If you want to call it an issue, I don't think it's an issue at all. Um, with the Cincinnati Reds is that they have some depth in the infield, or at least they th- they so think that they do. Therefore, guys like Nick Senzel, and before I segue right into the India talk, that's kind of where a lot of these decisions are being made from. It's a it's a it's a they're being made from a place of perceived depth. Yeah, I mean Nick Senzel and, and the Jonathan India rumors are one hundred percent the result of the play of Noel V. Marte of Matt McLean. Um, of the the promise of Ellie De La Cruz and Christian Encarnacion Strand. I mean, that's why if 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 Noelvi Marte didn't play as well as he did in September, it might be a totally different conversation with Nixon Zell right now. Uh, maybe the same thing with Jonathan India, maybe one or the other. Uh, but it's it's really all about those guys and uh, uh, how promising that they have uh, uh, you know proved themselves in in 2023. They have, and, and there's a whole, like I said before, uh, not to get into the the, uh, the the weeds of prospects, because I do think, and I think that there's some merit to people that say, well, they're just prospects until they prove themselves. There's some truth to that. I mean, I'm not suggesting that you can blow off prospects um, and act like they mean nothing, because that clearly isn't the case. But but until they come up and they prove themselves, they are just that. They are, um, you know, they're aspiring major leaguers. And the one thing I was going to say to that is there is another crop, if you want to call it that, behind these guys as well. Um, so there's it's not just depth of, of, of Noel Vey and certainly Ellie and obviously McLean and CES, but there's guys behind them as well. Uh, maybe not this upcoming year, but certainly in 2025 and moving forward. So I that's the thing that I'm most excited about about this organization right now. And do I think that it's going to work out perfectly the way that we all intended and we planned it? Uh, I know for a fact it won't. You know, I know for a fact it won't. And I even thought, and it was a little bit of a sad thought before I kind of came on tonight, I was thinking about the Reds and just the situation they're in. And, you know, I'm not um, overly concerned about who it's going to be or anything like that, but but one of these guys are going to end up being a disappointment, you know? I mean, not that I need to name them all, but in general terms, Nick, you got... Well, I don't want to say the guy behind the plate can be much more of a disappointment, but, you know, I mean, Stevenson, between Stevenson, Nuelve, Ellie, McLean, CES, TJ Friedel, Spencer Steer, and maybe you can say even Jake Fraley if he's still around, and and, and, and I'm not suggesting he shouldn't be, but if, if you threw all those guys out there right now, I would argue at least probably two of those guys will be 
you know, I don't want to call it a severe disappointment, but a little disappointing. And I think that it's like, okay, who's going to replace those guys and or who might be behind them that will fill the void, per se. And uh, I think that's where maybe some of this hot stove stuff may kind of answer some of that. Yeah, I think the Reds should still be looking to add offensively, but Nixon Zell's ceiling offensively is only so high. And right. honestly, the same thing probably with Jonathan India. Uh, their ceiling's only so high. I, I think that, you know, the the masher types, the Jorge Solers, the, the Candelarios, those type of players kind of fit what the Reds are looking for more than, than Jonathan India and Nixon Zell, guys that, um, you know, have some good qualities, but aren't really just that that big bat or or that 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 I don't know that consistent bat is maybe the best way I I, I could think of, of saying it that's fair all right Jonathan India his name continues to get brought up and you know here's the thing I this, uh, this is gonna sound weird to say but we were uh, not we weren't on it first per se but we were this is this has been something we talked about for a long time I think we spent a we were in spaces almost a year ago at this time. Maybe it was even later. I don't know. We were on there for three hours up until 1 a.m. talking about Jonathan India. And I'm just to the point now where be be a little bit cautious about what you're praying for or wishing for or, or pushing. It's like we are, and I say we, but I a lot of this show and a lot of the people that we kind of would associate to say, that, oh, these are relatively insightful, insightful people that follow the Reds usually are folks that adore the idea of, of, of obtaining a lot of prospects and trying to, to win from within instead of feeling like you always got to go spin, 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 because ultimately they just can't, they can't win that way. That's not how this franchise is going to ultimately win. However, we are, we are believers and I'm speaking for you a little bit and please correct me if I'm wrong. I know you won't is that we believe in value as well, right? Like there had this isn't just you give anyone away because you get prospects back. The Jonathan India stuff sometimes, again, for me, is, I don't want to say getting out of hand, Nick, but it's like, I'm not just giving this guy away either, okay? You got to get something back in return. And just because you have perceived depth somewhere, we found out last year, when you go into a season with something that you feel like you're 100% sure of, you could be made pretty quickly that you're completely wrong and the starting pitching was a complete you-know-what show last year. And we thought going into the season that was literally the only thing that that the Reds stood a chance on. So before we go out here, and I'm not suggesting that I'm anti, you can't get rid of India, any of that. Obviously, I'm not. But I'm just also, I'm also opposed to the idea of of saying, well, no matter what, just because we got depth at this this area, let's just get rid of the guy and if if we... Kind of have to take a deal we're not very proud about. Let's just do it anyway so we can get it over with. Yeah, let me read through the the news and notes on India because there's there's something in here that I think is actually really encouraging. Probably something a lot of people don't like, but but I like out of this. So first off, the latest rumor from, from Jim Bowden and The Athletic reported the Reds and Red Sox. We have a concrete team that have had some trade conversations about India. So that's, I guess, the, the latest rumor. Um, and then... Uh, Nick Kroll also made some comments on India. This was kind of on the heels of Sinzel. Uh, basically, Kroll said, quote, I wouldn't say we are motivated to trade India. If a deal comes around, we have to be open to anything, but just motivated to move players off your roster just because that guy might not fit. That doesn't make any sense. I think we were, all in, we were both in agreement there. But the comments that I really like, this is from Gordon Whitmire, the Inquirer. He reported the Reds would likely receive prospects back 
in an India trade rather than big leaguers. And there's an interest in uh, Jamer Candelario as a large series of moves. So I, I believe I said a while back, I think it makes more sense to trade India for lower level prospects. I know that's going to make some people mad, but you just, I have a difficult time seeing a team that wants Jonathan India being willing to give up big leaguers. The team that wants Jonathan India, Jonathan India is a trade and a win now move. It would be like the Reds trading for a starting pitcher, right? It like, like right. A, something they, something they really need. Like, yeah you're not trading for Jonathan India because he's going to completely flip your whole roster. He's a guy that, that fits your piece that can help you win right now. And so I love the idea of, of getting the most value, which I think would be lower level prospects. And there's nothing wrong with continuing to stockpile prospects because prospects will fail. People that say that are, are 100% right. That's why you need a hell of a lot of them because they're going to fail. You need to keep, keep them coming. And then you use your free agency dollars to supplement whatever you'd get back in, in whatever you lose. And that could be like Jamer Condelario. It's like, it, it's like a perfect puzzle. In my opinion, you trade Jonathan India, you stock your farm system, you go and you sign Jamer Condelario and that all fits every piece of your, your team uh, from major league all the way down to the Daytona Tortugas better than it does right now. Yeah. And the only thing I was going to add too to about the win now mode would be like last year. I mean, this isn't a perfect example, but it's, it's kind of illustrating the point you're trying to make is that if the reds were, were going to try to make a trade for their starting pitcher last year. Right. And they're and, and, and the only option they were offering up to give back in return was like TJ Friedel or, or Spencer steer. It's like, we would all be like, what the hell are we doing here? We're giving away something that we really still need to win right now, but we're, 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 we're wanting to get something in return that helps us win right now. That's not how this works. So Jonathan India, like you said, is going to be someone that will come in and try to be a plug-and-play for a team that thinks they can win in the, in the real very near future um, because, again, if he is successful, then he's going to cost some money, especially if he's playing second base. And that's kind of the, uh, again, not, not a perfect a perfect apples to apples comparison there, but that's kind of what you're getting after with this whole situation with Jonathan India. And it all comes down to, and everyone's going to want to know like, Oh, what, what, you know, what exactly do you want in return for him? It's just very, very, it's very, very hard to answer that until you, until you kind of see a deal that's on the table. And the one thing that I've decided to do is just have, and it's not that I think the guy's perfect by any means, but he's earned a little bit of merit in my book is Nick crawl in the sense that I'm going to have a little blind faith in this, you know, like if, if Nick crawl makes a trade and I look at it, I might not love it, but I'm also not going to be super pissed off about it either. Um, unless, unless it's something completely ridiculous and it won't be because so far, if anything has been proven, Nick crawl is pretty calculated in his decision-making. And I don't think he lets, he doesn't let emotion kind of overcome him all that often, if ever. And I think he's made some bad signings from a free agent perspective. But when it comes time to making a trade, I think he's been pretty nails. So, Yeah, and I'm interested. I'm hoping that this this free agency year can be a little bit different. Um, the one thing that is a little bit different uh, as opposed to, like, you know, the last two years is the Reds are a much more attractive team for free agents to come to. I mean, in... in when you're going to the 2022 season, you just kind of blew up your roster a little bit. It's kind of hard to attract free agents. It was the same thing last year, but the Reds were the talk of baseball for about 
I don't know, four or six weeks. You know, when they were on that 12-game win streak, the Reds are a fun team. So I, I think that that is going for them. Now, that only goes so far. Everyone obviously right. is out for the best contract they can get, as they should be. Uh, but 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 that that's the one thing that I do think is uh, a, a little bit different, at least um, this time around. But the, the thing with Nick Crawl, like, there, there's been some trades. Like, I think the Sunny Gray trade I really loved at the time. I still really like Chase Petty, but that trade kind of has lost its luster a little bit. But I'll never forget the one trade that everyone lost their ever-loving minds about has turned out to be one of the best trades the Reds have made in recent memory, and that was the trade that brought Brandon Williamson, Jake Fraley, and Connor Phillips. Uh, a trade that literally people lost their mind out for, for months. Like, Nick Kroll knows what he's doing. Yeah, he's going to miss, you know, I, I think that's the other thing, too, is like Nick Kroll is going to miss. The question is, is that can he build up enough equity within this within this farm system that when he does miss, it's not the end of the world, right? Like the yeah. fact of the matter, the fact of the matter is that there's going to need to be a couple superstars on this team within this crop of players that we currently are watching. CES, McLean, Ellie and Noel Vey, We we need two of those guys to be. Superstar is a strong word, but we need two of those guys to be perennial, you know, fringe all-stars and or all-stars, right? And then from there, you start to build pieces around them. And hell, heaven forbid, you hit three on. If you hit three of them, then you're in a whole different, you know, you're on a whole different stratosphere. And at that point, you know, you got a real chance. So, and I think we're all hoping for that. But again, I've said it before. If I told you last year that we were going to be trotting out 65 players um, and we had a chance to make the, the postseason a week out. I mean, people wouldn't have believed me. So I'm not going to get head over heels believing that anything isn't possible or, or, or not possible, I should say. So you know, I don't know where many people stand right now on this whole thing. The, the truth is, is that there, there's, there's a market that's going to get set. And the question is, is do you want to set the market or would you rather wait and not overpay for something that you realize after the fact that the market just isn't what you paid for. I, I don't know where you, how you feel about it. It's a risk either way, but the starting pitching market, at least, we've gotten a little bit of movement, and the Cardinals obviously are trying to make maybe Reds fans a little bit um, in, impatient. I don't know if that's the right word, but... Yeah, I mean, there's, there's only been a, a, a couple signings so far. I mean, it's, it's a long, long offseason. We kind of run through some of the uh, the notable ones so far, uh, Aaron Nola, this one was, uh, a little bit more than I think most people expected seven years, 172 million, you know, for a guy that did have an ERA at 4.46 last year, uh, fielding independent pitching just uh, over four. Um, I mean, that's still a very, very valuable pitcher, especially at his age, but, uh, seven years, 172 million. That is a, uh, uh, that's a, a chunk of change. And then the Cardinals, they were busy. Uh, Lance Lynn, one-year, $10 million contract. Uh, Kyle Gibson, one-year, $12 million contract. Cardinals, of course, they're just in a spot where they're absolutely desperate for starting pitching. Trace, I saw a lot of people kind of dunking on the Cardinals. I don't I don't know if I, I'm in that camp. Uh, no. I, I don't think, like, I'd be throwing a parade for getting Lance Lynn and Kyle Gibson, but I, I don't – I think the Cardinals, like, they needed to do this. Like, they needed multiple starting pitchers. It'll be interesting how the market shakes out. We might look back in two months and be like, hey, you know what? Like they they got some steals, especially when you when you see that Nola contract. These other two contracts look a lot, yeah, more favorable, right? I mean, you know, ten and twelve million for guys that I think 
have the potential to be league average starting pitchers is, 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 isn't bad. Lance Lynn, I think he would have been a really tough fit in Cincinnati just with as many home runs as he gets. I kind of would have liked Kyle Gibson, especially at that price. He does have a pretty good ground ball rate, but it's a long off season. Um, and uh, like you said, it is tough to, you know, be the team that sets the market. And um, I- I'm guessing the Cardinals kind of snuck up on some people with both of these deals as well. It may be so. Um, neither one of them are really overly exciting, but at the same time, if they sign with the Reds, we'd probably be sitting here talking about how, you know, Kyle Gibson back when he was 30, 31 uh, years old was a damn good pitcher. Unfortunately for the Cardinals, he's 36 now. Um, but you never know. I mean, you just don't know. Is there's two there's two schools of thought here, in my opinion, on some of this. Free agency, when it comes to uh, well, I don't want to call them medium, maybe medium sized to smaller sized deals, right? Uh, you're you're either going to get somebody that is on the back back end of their career or somebody that has had a couple bad years and you're hoping they can bounce back to form. Cody Bellinger-esque. I know he's definitely not a medium-sized deal. Um, But uh, Paul DeYoung, uh, another guy, right? The White Sox got for, I don't want to say next to nothing, but the White Sox got him for for a low buy. Um, But again, Paul DeYoung's been not all that good. So... What do you what do you what do you expect if you're a Cardinal fan? I don't. If you're a Cardinal fan, or do you think that that changes a whole lot going into next year? I. If you do, you're probably a little too optimistic. I don't think it. I mean, it doesn't like make them like. But again, like look at their rotation right now. It's Miles Michaelis, Kyle Gibson, Lance Lynn, Stephen Matson, Zach Thompson. That's their ro- updated rotation. So like they were a long ways away. So I think if you're a Cardinals fan, you're saying okay. These moves are great if you go get Sonny Gray on top of that or, you know, fill in whoever else is up at the top. I think they still, if they're trying to contend next year, they still need to get another starter. But you you have to have five. Well, and and I've said before, you have to have more like eight or nine to get through a year. So, like, these are these are depth moves. This is people are people are viewing. I think Kyle Gibson and Lance Lynn is like, oh, those guys aren't that good. Okay, well, those guys are replacing innings that you were getting from uh, guys like Jake Woodford, right? right? Or, or in the Reds case, uh, you know, fill in the guys of Luis Sessa, you know, or Connor Overton. That's kind of the the innings that those guys are most likely replacing. So again, I, I think for the Cardinals, it made sense to go out and and jump and 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 the last thing the Cardinals could afford would be to be be overly patient and the starting pitchers just gobbled up and they're like panicking and they're having to like drastically overpay. The Cardinals are in a much different situation. The Reds, the Reds need to add a starting pitcher. I I fully believe that, but the Reds could go into opening day with the starting pitching they have now and have a chance. The Cardinals, they couldn't go into opening day with the starting pitching they had right now and have any sort of chance. Like they had to, they had no choice. Yeah, no, you're right. I mean, the Reds, uh, and and that's the fear that maybe some fans have, is they think that the Reds can sit back and say, "Well, look at us, we're good. We don't need anybody," uh, and and they're going to be proverbial, quote unquote, cheap, or you know, they're 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 not going to go and spend the money that this fan base deserves and all those things. And I'm not downplaying any of those thoughts that people may have about that specific subject because there's no doubt that you have to spend some money to win in, in this league. It's it's not possible to go and f- perfectly get every prospect there is, have them all on 
pre-arbitration deals and or just arbitration deals and think you're going to win a World Series. Nobody believes that. The question that I have that people might want to crush me for, and you know what? At this point, what's it matter? Just I'll speak it how I actually feel, and if you don't like me because I'm going to say this, so be it. I don't think the Reds are really in a position right now where I want them to take super risky deals because I'm not convinced wholeheartedly that this team is nut cut and ready. They're I just don't think they're ready to I don't think they're ready quite yet to win the whole damn thing. That's I hope soon. But Let's not kid ourselves a little bit on what we are as a as, as a as a franchise and a roster right now. Okay? I'm not I know we're all we all love the Reds. And I know it sounds like I'm always pushing the can or I'm I'm I'm, I'm what are they? I'm moving the goalpost, right? Oh, look at you. You're a shill for the front office. You're a shill for the organization. You're you're always making excuses for him. Look at him. He's already setting the trap that if this is a disappointing season. No. I'm just saying, we had Noel Vebarte come up at the end of the year. He played a month of baseball, and yeah, he was pretty damn good. But you know what? He played a month of baseball. I, I don't know how good he is. I mean, he looks good. Don't know how good he is. Ellie, to be honest with you, at times looked like the best baseball player on planet Earth, and then there was times where he looked like he probably wasn't going to be able to be on, 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 on a roster and or in the lineup for the Chattanooga Lookouts when they tried to win their little Golden Cup or whatever they were after in Double A. Then you have Matt McClain, who I think is is very, very, very good. I believe that Matt McClain is a stud, but you know what? Not that long ago, he was hitting like 220 in Chattanooga. And then you have a guy like CES that, like it or not, I don't know, he kind of came out of nowhere a little bit, and next thing you know, he's 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 just now, I guess, he's going to replace Joey Votto. You know, you got TJ Friedel in center field. You got Spencer Steer, who, who again, I love him, but you, hopefully you get my point. I just, and I'm not trying to be a jerk about it. I'm just saying, like, I don't want us to go spend a crazy amount of money on a starting pitcher for, like, a one- or two-year deal when I, I'm like, I, again, I go back to my brain and say, okay, I don't want to say save it because people think that, oh, whatever, you know, save money. I just, I, when it's time, it's time. And I want to make sure that when it is time, Nick, we do overspend maybe a little bit on a guy that we think we need in the starting pitching market and or whatever hole we might have going into whatever offseason I think that we're ready. And I don't think this is the offseason. I know people hate me for it, kill me for it. I'm not saying they can't make the playoffs and they can't make the World Series. I just would say they're over under. It's probably going to be like 81 wins. Yeah, I'm all for them overspending on a short-term deal. I just don't like like... Obviously, Aaron Nolan wasn't going to sign with the Reds. Like he, he pretty clearly, I think, wanted to go back to Philadelphia. But I would not want the Reds to sign that kind of deal. I would not want the Reds to have that much money committed seven years out on a starting pitcher. I just don't think that's a good strategy for the Reds to have any sort of of long term success. Um, I would rather the Reds go lock up. Uh, the, the Reds could go lock up their entire farm system of starting pitchers for that amount of money, right? I mean, like. Hunter Green locked him up was fifty million. You got a couple extra years. Like, go ahead and lock up like Graham Ashcraft and Connor Phillips, and if Dick Lodolo proves he can be healthy, like you know, lock those guys up as opposed to going out and getting um you know go, going that deep into a guy that's going to be thirty seven years old at the end of his deal. You know, it would really I don't want to say piss people off. I don't think that'd be the right word to use. But what would be a wild move that I actually would endorse would be I would try to get. I would try to get some people while they're vulnerable 
And it wouldn't be a bad idea to see what Nick Lodolo wants. I, I, you know, like, oh, yeah. hey, I, I'd like, uh, hey, I'm, Nick, what do you want? Like, what if, what do you want to do? You want to do you want to take a risk here, or do you want to be a do you want to be a multimillionaire? Like, do you do you want to be a multi multimillionaire, or do you want to take a chance where you blow your arm out again next year and you're you just you're never going to get the big not a big contract because they make decent money, but you get my point. You're not going to be a multi multi multimillionaire. Um, that that's the kind of game I'd be playing. But I tell you, I, 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 Connor Phillips is a sneaky, sneaky one because I don't think a lot of people realize just how young he is and he's just scratching the big league surface. He would be a guy that this offseason I would maybe, I, I might have him like honestly above Ashcraft. I know people might think that's crazy, but you just, just at the age uh, of how young he is and the fact that you could extend him to an eight year deal and I think he would only hit like 30 at the end of it. Um, uh, he he's one that, that I think would be a sneaky, sneaky good contract. All right, all right. Um, you have a a new prospects list, a new one. Well, I don't, I don't. Baseball America released okay. it uh, this week, um, so I just thought I'd kind of run through it. I don't have a whole lot of of uh, takes on it other than one thing that kind of stood out to me. Uh, but the Baseball America top ten, Noelvi Marte number one. He obviously will be off of that list pretty shortly in 2024. Rhett Lauder, yep. the uh, the top pick, all, all the way up to two. Connor Phillips at number three. Edwin Arroyo, four. Chase Petty, five. Carlos Jorge, six. Sal Stewart, seven. Uh, Leonardo Balcazar, eight. Alfredo Aduno, nine. And then the most surprising, Cam Collier at 10. And uh, I love this. I love that these, these bastards ranked Cam Collier 10. Cause he's gonna have a fire lit under him. He he, lo- I'm telling you, I love that. Uh, that was that's that's ridiculous. Like Cam Collier is not your tenth best prospect. The guy was like 18 years old playing in uh in low A ball, and he was okay. Like if he was that highly regarded a year ago, dropping him down to tenth is ridiculous. He's gonna make people look silly for that ranking. Cam Collier is probably still young enough to care about stuff like that. Yeah, I know. that's why I love it. Yeah, that's I mean, I he, pr- he probably does pay attention to that. Maybe, maybe not. I mean, some kids are a little he, more mature tweeted, than others. He tweeted. He tweeted about it. He tweeted something. I don't remember what he tweeted. It was something, something shady back at it. All right. I don't. I don't hate that. I don't hate that. Oh. Uh, Rhett Louder. You had a he's he was at two. Um, our good friend Evan in the chat. Obviously, he's, he he thought that was he thought that was bogus. I wouldn't say quite yet that that's bogus. Just because, listen, man, you see guys like. Uh, you know, I don't know. Andrew Abbott's a pretty decent example. Guys that are veteran arms in high major programs that have had success at high major programs, I think, are a little farther along than maybe people would 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 lead you on to believe. We got the question on Twitter the other day, and I I mean I just threw a shot in the dark. I think the kid has a chance to 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 make the big league club if he's unbelievable. But do you think Rhett Ladder starts like on a lower level, like I was thinking in my mind to take some pressure off of them, or do you think that they're just going to let it rip and put this kid, you know, I don't know, would they start him in AAA per se? And I mean, I got some pretty depth at starting pitching based off what they do in the offseason too. I know that plays a little bit of a factor. Yeah, it'll be interesting. I mean, Andrew Abbott started at Dayton. I know, you know, Louder's a little, uh, obviously a higher pick than, than Abbott was. I don't know. They might start him at Chattanooga. I wouldn't be shocked. I would be shocked if if Rhett Louder makes a start in twenty twenty four. I would. I would honestly, if uh, 
I put the odds at like 40% that he does. I think it's pretty high. Right. I think I th- I think he'll he'll make a big big league start before Chase Petty. And I I'm a huge Chase Petty guy. Um Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I I got to see him throw, man. Why it's it's like you sit here and throw caution to the wind to a certain extent and just start saying crazy stuff on here, but the reality is is I, you know, I a good arm in college. Um, Danny Graves loves loves Rhett Louder. Thinks Rhett Louder was the best arm in the entire in the entire draft, and that included uh, Paul Skeens, who everybody was you know just drooling over. And uh, the old you know like this guy throws 195 miles an hour. He's going to be unbelievable. It's like all right, well, we'll see. Good luck, I, Pittsburgh. I, I, I love Danny Graves, but uh, Danny Graves was also working for the ACC Network, so he might have a little bit of bias. No uh, bias. <laughs> louder uh just just a tad over over skeins but uh hey, if he's if he's if he's 75 percent as good as skeins i think the reds are gonna be in great shape you think skeins you think you think skeins is slam dunk i think he's pretty close yeah we'll see listen i mean, I mean guys Pist- that rely Pist- on straight Pittsburgh- power go ahead Pittsburgh better pray he is i mean I'm not saying I've watched a ton of tape on on uh, Paul Skeens. I'm just saying that when I have watched him pitch, um, I, he's not as polished, I don't think, as like Rhett Lauder is, where I think Rhett Lauder might be able to pitch longer. But I don't know. I might make a fool of myself. It's just those guys that are super, super high velo guys that have to rely on that. I mean, they're 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 not far off of having some issues. You know what I'm saying? And or the guys in the big leagues aren't college kids. So... Um, and I know that you could say the same about Rhett throwing to the same type of hitters because they're in college as well. So I don't know. I just I guess I'm saying I'm not as high on on Mr. Skeens as everybody else is, but that's here nor there. Anything else that you want to add from that from that list? I know this is a relatively shorter show uh, tonight, but we do have Thanksgiving coming up here, Nick. Yeah, nothing else from that list. I did have one more thing before we get to some some big news. That's right, big uh, news. There was there was a lot of other players non tendered. I did put this out on the old X app, uh, mm-hmm. but this is my the Nick Kirby non-tender wish list. Some of the, the players that I saw that I, I really liked. I would love for the Reds to take a flyer on Kyle Lewis. Uh, he's a guy that's battled injuries, but uh, he's a guy that I, I think would, would fit perfectly um, as, a, as a platoon player in, in the outfield for the Reds with, with the, some upside. He obviously really played well at, uh, at Great American Ballpark. I like him. I, lo- I would love for the Reds to uh to take a flyer on Brandon Woodruff, go ahead and give him like that two year deal, let him rehab with the Reds. Maybe you get lucky and he could help you in like September next year. If not, you get some value in twenty twenty five. I think the Reds need to be all in on those kind of value type. Um, I wouldn't say lottery ticket because Brandon Woodruff is kind of weird to say as a lottery ticket, but uh, I really like him. Um, Josh Stalmont and Trevor got two relievers that I really like that were non tendered, and then Juan Yepes. He's a guy that I really, really like. He absolutely dominated throughout the minor leagues, but just never figured out at the big leagues with the Cardinals. I'd love to take a Cardinals player that that was highly thought of and and uh, turn him into a uh, a big slugger with the Reds. But those were a couple uh, uh, players that really kind of stood out to me from the non-tendals. Anyone on there, Trace, that, that you kind of would like? No, no. I just see everybody spamming the chat with Jacob Herdebees. Um, I don't know if you want us to talk about him. What what it exa- what it is exactly about Jacob Herdebees that you want from me? Um, listen, it's a great story. Kid's twenty six years old. I hope and pray that we find this 
Wes Welker of the Patriots, you know, like yeah, that, 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 that would be, that would be unbelievable. I'm not, I, I'm not rooting against it. Um, but Jacob Herdebees is, is what it is. I mean, he's a guy that came from nowhere. No one's expecting this guy. He wasn't any on top prospects. He played at army and you know, with, with all due respect, the guy gets on base and you know what? We like that around here. We, 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 we just celebrated a man that we all love because specifically he got on base. So yeah, I, I, I'm excited to see what Jacob Herdebees does, but again, I don't know what else you want me to say outside the fact that I'm praying and hoping that we catch we catch some we catch some random superstars a strong word. We catch some great major league player. I, I see some people in the chat and I was literally just thinking the exact same thing. I think Blake Dunn is is definitely a better yeah. version of Jacob Herdebees with with the you know with the speed I think he's got he's got actually got some legit power. Um but look, Herdebees is the exact kind of player you want to start the season at AAA. Because I, I feel like Herdebees' floor is going to be like a fine big league player. Like he's probably going to be able to hit at least league average. You know he's going to be able to play good defense. He's going to be able to run. He's the perfect guy that you ship back and forth. And guess what? You can do that for three years with him because he hasn't done it yet. So like he could be the guy that – he could be your next guy that, uh, um, you know, goes up and down like, you know, we've seen with, with some other guys. Um, and that's fine. Like you need those guys to get through a year – so you're not calling up guys that are clearly not big leaguers that have no business being on a field. Uh, I, I don't think Herdebees is going to embarrass you. Like he's going to be fine. So um, I'm all for him, and and I hope he actually is like a legit big like an actual. He comes up and right. is the next like TJ Friedel. I didn't see what happened out of TJ Friedel happening, so it's certainly possible. But I, I think he's he, we should probably view him as this this depth guy. And that's great. You need those. Correct. You do need those. Um, yeah. I mean, listen, there's no doubt that there's again, depth. That's, that's the name of the game. That's the name of the game. If so, if the one thing I hope never happens again, and I know it's going to with this, with this franchise is I really hope we don't keep just latching on to these prospects or latching on to one or two guys. And they're able to just play mediocre or below average baseball for two, three, four years, because we're just going to run them out there. You know, um, and I, I, I don't, I don't want to say I know that's not going to happen, but I do know that if you have a lot of depth and you have a lot of guys knocking on the door, that probably is going to lend itself to, to happen less and less and less. And of course the top, top prospects are always going to get a little more leash than others, but Hey, um, I'm hopeful that, uh, we catch, we catch a diamond in the rough. Is that what, uh, is that the right term to use there? I don't know. Well, thank you for joining us for today's episode of Chatterbox Reds. We can't tell you enough how much we appreciate your support. If you had not yet subscribed to Chatterbox Reds on your favorite podcast platform, what are you waiting for? Do it right now. During spring training and the regular season, we are the only Reds podcast to have new episodes after every single game. And we will have plenty of off-season coverage between now and then, so be sure to stay tuned. Also, Make sure that you subscribe to Chatterbox Sports on YouTube so that you can join us for live episodes of Chatterbox Reds. Hit the bell and turn on notifications so you can get alerts on your phone whenever we go live. Before I let you go, I wanted to tell you about all of the other great content at Chatterbox Sports. First off, there's our flagship show, 
off the bench with Tom Brenneman from 10 a.m. to noon, Monday through Friday on YouTube, of course, on Chatterbox Sports. Off the Bench is also available everywhere you get podcasts. Great podcast listen uh, for your drive home as it's usually posted uh, by 1 or 2 in the afternoon every day. Then there's Chatterbox Bengals. They go live after every single Bengals game. Similar fashion to what we do at Chatterbox Reds. Those guys are doing a great job covering the Bengals this season. Speaking of the Bengals, there is Chatterbox Clicker with Coach Kyle Kasky, former Bengals coach. That is every Tuesday night. Coach Kasky breaks down film from the latest Bengals game in a very innovative show on Chatterbox Sports that you do not want to miss. And if that's not enough to fill your NFL fix, there's Mac and JT. That is Wednesday nights on Chatterbox Sports on YouTube. Uh, that is all things NFL. They go through each and every game. And then our newest show, Chatterbox Bearcats. That is with host Charlie Walter, formerly of Reds Live. Covers all things UC sports. They are going live on YouTube after every single UC basketball game. So that's, on course, on Chatterbox Sports on YouTube. Chatterbox Bearcats is also available everywhere you get podcasts. Links to all those shows are in the episode notes today, so be sure to check them out. Give those guys the support that they deserve. Well, thank you so much for tuning in today. Hope that you have a fantastic day, and as always, go Reds.